As many of you already know, my name is Erica Williams, and um, I was born in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, but raised in New Jersey. Um, I'm, I'm the middle child of five. Um, we grew up in a household uh, of our religion was Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, my father, his father, um, my grandfather's father, it was generations of um, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, just a little brief background of that religion. Um, we were taught that that was the only true religion, and if you weren't a part of that religion, um, then judgment day, you're going to die. Um, also, we were not allowed to associate with people that weren't from that religion. Um, we weren't allowed to go to any churches. You weren't supposed to step foot in a church, um, not for a wedding, not for anything. So, um, kind of strict. No Christmas, no birthdays, no nothing. So, um, when turning 17, I was no longer a part of the religion. Um, their rules and regulations didn't coincide with um, my worldly desires, nor also I was um, on my own. So um, throughout my 20s and my 30s, um, I had two sons, and I was just living life, trying to live life to the fullest, um, enjoying my life, or what I thought was enjoying my life. It was short-lived happiness, actually. So, um, uh, which included a lot of partying, um, working a lot, um, drinking a lot. I was a bartender, so I pretty much drank every day. Um, but even through all of that, I wasn't, at the end of the day, I wasn't that fulfilled. I wasn't that happy as a person. Um, I always felt something was missing from my life. Uh, even, I would say, fast forward, um, I was engaged after 12 years. My boyfriend engaged me uh, in February on Valentine's Day. And then I would say probably a few weeks later, um, I remember sitting down and talking to a friend of mine and um, just telling her, you know, some personal things about my life. I told her I wasn't happy. And I remember her looking at me, and she said, I think you should, I really think that you should move. I think that you should get away and possibly even make that move to um, Virginia. And I kind of looked at her crazy because, honestly, my bills were being paid, you know. I really didn't see anything, you know, that would force me to move to make that drastic um, change in my life, but I also felt something was moving me because maybe a week later, I got a phone call um, from my mom, and she told me about a house down the street from her right off of Hall Street that was for rent. And so I said, okay, well, you know, let me check it out. So still not sure if I wanted to move because my life was there in you know, Philadelphia with my family um, and my fiancé. So um, as time went on, well, actually it wasn't that much time. 
Next thing I know, I'm filling out an application to, for the house, for the rental of the house. And I'm thinking I'm not going to get it. I'm like, I'm not going to get it, you know. I don't make enough off of just one income. Well, come to find out the following day, she said, you can have it. It's yours. And so without actually seeing the house, I just put down the deposit. And I made the decision right there and the commitment to um, move. Um, as time, I would say this was at the beginning of March. And I had, my dad was, um, he had congestive heart failure and his health was declining. And so I said, you know, when I move, I'm going to take him with me. And I'm going to, you know, completely change his diet and, you know, get him healthy because his diet was horrible. Um, you're supposed to have a special diet being a heart, you know, having a heart issue. So, um, well, I signed my lease in March, and he, he had told me, he said, you know, I'm really not doing good, so don't be upset if I don't make it. And I said, okay, you know, I'm not going to be upset. I, I didn't think, he, you know, anything was going to happen to him. I thought he was just talking. Well, April, the day after my birthday, April 15th, he passed. So um, he passed, and it was, a, you know, a little devastating or whatnot, but I knew he was sick, and I knew he wasn't going to be suffering anymore. So as time went on, I would say um, probably... May 23rd, I decided that that was going to be the date I moved, even though I signed my lease for April 15th. Just kind of gave me an opportunity to, you know, save up some more money and things like that. Now, during this time, my fiancé did not want me to leave. Um, you know, that was his city, and that's where he was from, and all his friends and family. So he was, you know, extremely hesitant even to the point where uh, he did tell me that if you leave, I'm not helping you anymore. And I kind of was a little scared because I'm like, oh, you know, now I'm really on my own in a whole nother state, you know. So I said, I'm just going to go ahead and take that chance. And I'm going to, well, actually, I first thought about it, but for some reason, I don't even know why, but the thought that came in my head was Lot's wife. And I don't, I don't know where that came from. Because I don't even think about, at that time, I wasn't thinking about anything spiritual. But that thought was in my head, and I said, don't turn back. You know, I just remember saying, don't turn back, keep going. Don't worry about the material possessions, just keep going. So I did that. I ended up moving, and um, uh, my friends, they were crying. They had a party for me. I couldn't cry. I'm trying to cry. <laughs> I'm trying to do everything to cry, you know, to show them that, you know, I miss them and whatnot. But I just couldn't. And I remember that evening um, with my girlfriend, my best friend, and she was just like, I can't believe you're leaving. I just cannot believe you're doing this to me. And I was like, I know. I said, but, you know, and she, I, and I told her, I said, I feel like I'm being pushed. I feel like I'm being pushed out because, you know, this was unlike me. So, um, I'm, my sister actually came to my house for a whole week and packed up my whole apartment, my whole apartment, and had a baby. 
and still stayed with me and went to work and went to work from Philadelphia all the way over to Jersey. And she packed up my um, apartment. I was still like kind of lingering at my girlfriend's house the night before while she's at my house packing. And the next morning, she was just like, um, yeah, I packed everything. It's time to get on that truck and let's go. She even met me here um, after work. She got off of work. She had packed her baby and everything, and she came here. You know, I kind of a little scared of her, so I was like, okay, I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm definitely leaving. <laughs> so I left, and um, I came here, and um, everything, everything was, was beautiful. Everything was nice. Um, two days later, Jehovah's Witnesses knocked on my door. And um, it's kind of weird because I was praying and I was just like, you know, maybe something better will happen in my life in terms of spirituality. So um, I began studying with uh, this one woman. And she was coming to my door, you know, I mean, coming over for Bible studies and things like that. And, you know, I kind of, I wasn't, it, it was just a study, honestly. It, you know, really wasn't going anywhere um, at that time because my, I wasn't there. Um, my mind wasn't there, really. I was still drinking um, and things like that. So anyway, um, uh, maybe about two weeks later, um, my fiancé, he asked, can he come visit? And I say, yes. So he comes and he's like, I love it here. You know, I love it. So he was like, you know, I could, I could see myself living out here. So I said, okay, that's great. So um, he had to go back home to go to court for um, some things. So he, he and handled some other business. So he did that. And the day that he was supposed to come back, um, he had called me and said, uh, listen, I'm not able to uh, make it back. Would you be mad? And I said, no. I said, I should be back in Philadelphia um, on Saturday. And he said, okay, well, I'll just come Friday. I said, okay, sounds good. Well, here comes Friday morning. And um, usually I'm up early, like 6 o'clock in the morning. This particular day... I woke up at 9, which is really late to me. And um, usually he, he will call me first, but I didn't receive a phone call. So then I call him, and his phone goes straight to voicemail. Then I call him again, an hour later, goes straight to voicemail. And then I'm just, I'm feeling odd. I'm feeling weird now. So I call his cousin. I call different family members. Hey, have you seen? And, you know, they hadn't seen him, hadn't heard from him. Anyway, make a long story short, maybe about 5, 6 o'clock, I decided to get into my car and just go there and, you know, see where he was. And um, come to find out, at, on my way there, um, I get a phone call that uh, he was robbed and killed. So um, I was devastated. I was numb, driving, still numb, not really believing what's happening um, so I get to Philadelphia, and as, um, as just still my mind, everything distorted, not thinking clearly, 
not really believing that this is, you know, this could be. So um, I'm trying to figure out, you know, I just need somewhere to stay peaceful, you know. Um, I still had my apartment, by the way, um, back at home. I still had, I still had like another month um, on my lease. So I still had that apartment, but um, I didn't go there. You know, I didn't really feel safe. Anyway, um, I ended up, out of all my family and all my friends, I ended up staying with a girlfriend of mine who has always been spiritual. Always, when I would get in her car, there would always be gospel music, and she was so positive. And before, I used to get so upset, like, why are you playing this music? You know, like, there's other things on the radio. And, um, and she just continued on, you know. And so anyway, I ended up staying with her. And during that time, she prayed with me. Um, every morning, every night, I began to read the Bible out of nowhere, you know, and that's actually what began to heal me, is just reading God's word. That's the only thing that healed me. I needed time to myself, and that's exactly, it, it was just like God was saying to me, I'm going to get you through this. And he really did. I mean, he literally nurtured me back to health. I mean, all the way to the point where I couldn't get out of bed for a while. I couldn't eat, didn't want to eat. And I would continue to read his word. And I would hear him say to me, um, as I'm reading the word, you can't just do this. You have to get out. So it was just like steps, okay, to the mailbox. I made it to the mailbox, okay? I would go, you know, the next day, and then I would take a walk a little further. So as time went on, um, also, just to let you know, um, come to find out, he was actually uh, robbed and killed across the street from my apartment. So, um, and they took his keys. So if I was there, I believe something could have happened to me as well and my kids, so... Um, I'm so grateful to God for that. But as time went on, um, my brother just also, um, he was saved and he was a believer. Um, and when he at first told us that he was a believer and he was no longer Jehovah's Witness, you know, we thought he was crazy. We were like, what? Like, that's the only true religion. What are you talking about? So anyway, as um, uh, I began to understand some of the things that he was saying to me after reading God's word. And I stayed in God's word. And I had so many questions for the woman who was Jehovah's Witness who I was studying with. But she could never answer any of my questions. Never. And she would always say, you have me on my toes. And I'm just like, okay, you should already know all this stuff. You've been, you know, um, for 10 plus years. So, um, so the more I stayed in, in uh, God's word, and I was also talking to his cousin who was a Muslim, because I felt like God's presence was with me, and I, and I was searching for him. I mean, searching for him. And 
I was just trying different avenues. But the more that I read the Bible, the more I, I just became so close with Jesus Christ. It just started to become natural to me um, to now pray all day about everything, which I've never been like that, ever. And then I, I you know, I was like, you know, I don't feel comfortable um, going to um, her kingdom hall. I said, I really don't feel comfortable with that anymore. I said, I don't feel positive about it. Um, so I had, um, I had prayed about it. I mean, I literally was on my knees crying, and I just said, tell me where you want me to worship you. Tell me where you want me to worship you. And that morning, I talked to my brother, and he said, why don't you try a Calvary Chapel? He doesn't go to a Calvary Chapel. I don't know why he told me to go to Calvary Chapel. So I said, he said, Calvary Chapel of Richmond, they should have one. And I'm like, okay, all right. And so I'm thinking Calvary Chapel of Richmond is downtown. So I'm like, yeah, that'll be good. I got, I, now I have somewhere to go, you know. It's not right in the area. I don't know anyone. I said, now I got somewhere to go. So as I'm driving up, I see this little sign that says Calvary Chapel of Richmond. <laughs> and I'm just like, oh, wow, okay, this is crazy. <laughs> so, but still didn't know exactly where it was. So I said, okay, I'm gonna, I, I called him. I said, guess what? So I told him the story, and I said, I'm going to go there next week. So next week, you know, um, Sunday, I, I'm in my bed and um, kind of still, you know, lazy. And I'm like, okay, get up and go. But I'm like, I'm going to be late because that's just what I do anyway. I'm late to everything. So I said, I'm just going to be a little late. So, and I'm thinking that churches start. Now, mind you, I, don't, I have never been to a church. So I'm thinking churches start at like 9 o'clock, you know. So I say, yeah, I'll get there by 10. You know, I want to see what they're talking about anyway. So, yeah, I get here at 10. Mm. <laughs> you guys start at 1030. I was like, you know what, God, you are something else. <laughs> I said, you would have me on time. And so um, I came, when I came up, I saw um, reading um, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, and I was like, oh my goodness, this is going to be awesome. So I came up, and I'm telling you, it was just like you were talking to me. You were just looking at me, and I I still can't believe it to this day. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay. So that day is when I got saved. I gave my life that day to Jesus Christ. And ever since then, it has truly been miracle after miracle after miracle. No one can take care of me better than he can. I mean, I have thought to myself, how am I going to manage these bills by myself? He always makes a way for me. I have never been late on my rent one time. I mean, it's just one thing after the other. And it's, I'm constantly on my knees thanking him. And now I love gospel music. I don't listen to anything else but that. 
And um, since then, my sister, who wasn't studying to be a Jehovah's Witness, and she told me, she said, um, what you're doing is not right. What you're doing is not right, Erica. And I said, sis, I can't explain it, but it's not about religion. I'm, I'm telling you, it's not about religion. And so as time went on, anyway, I'm going to make that story really short. But I've been pray- I was praying for her because I saw our relationship. We were like this. And then I saw us, you know, kind of, she wasn't calling me as much. And um, out of nowhere, one day, she came to visit me. She started doing her research. And she actually came to church. She said she would never come to church with me. Um, she did come to church that Sunday. She started doing research. Before she left, she had found all the truth she needed. And she was, um, also came to Jesus Christ. And then my brother, well, my brother came to Jesus before she did, actually, my other brother. So um, it's five of us. And four of us have been saved, working on the other one. That's coming. Don't worry. Um, (laughs) But, um, I mean, we're just able, you know, same thing with my mom. We're just all able to truly talk about what Christ has been doing in our life, actually seeing things happen for us. Um, There are good days and there are bad days. But to me, even those bad days are awesome days because I'm here Um, He saved me, he loves me, and I'm able to spend my time, you know, with my kids. And I just have this love for him like no other. And that's it. That was great, wasn't it? She didn't know we had only put those little signs out the very week she saw them. We had been here like nine years and never put little signs out. The week, the week she saw the signs was the week we put them out. So uh, we're looking forward to God having more testimonies like that as we move over to Genito. I believe we will. I have no doubt in my mind we're going to have more. Uh, we're going to be easier to find, uh, but, that, but God will bring us people right when we need them. So... Um, Next up, I know this guy really well, and uh, I'm going to ask Montel, this is my brother, he's going to share his testimony. Last night uh, was my grandmother's uh, memorial service here, and he did a poem, so do you get a poem with this? I don't have any poems. Okay, good. It was really good last night. Here, let me. <laughs> the nose is going to be like that. All right. Is that funny? Um, I'll try to keep this serious. I really will. Um, Dessert night tonight, right? Yeah. It's a dessert. Just hold on, kids. Hold on. I wore lime colored for for a citrus night. Okay. So, well, uh, 
you know, if you don't know, I'm Tim's brother. Um, uh, my name is actually Thomas Montel White. I actually went by Tommy for most of my life up until about 15 years ago or so. But uh, um, I was born uh, in Annapolis, Maryland. Actually, I was born in Washington, D.C. Back then, the fathers weren't allowed to be in the delivery room in Annapolis. So I was, I guess, Mom, you were driven all the way to Washington, D.C. to have me. So I'm actually from the District of Columbia, which makes me Colombian. (laughs) So I used to be much darker than I am now. But uh, so uh, born in Washington, D.C., I stayed there for a couple days and then back to Annapolis. And (laughs) I grew up a great place, a little little community and, and... just outside of Annapolis, right on the water on the Chesapeake Bay. I loved it. Grew up there as a kid, and that explains why I like Old Bay, if you guys didn't know I like Old Bay. And, um, you know, just uh, my earliest, earliest memories of, of my family are just really good, really good memories. Um, I remember Tim. Uh, he broke a lot of things. I remember that. I buried most of them. So I was... I covered everything up that you that you broke. So, um, I was the sixth one that came along. So I certainly had uh, I had five older brothers and sisters: uh, Bob, Tammy, Sherry, um, Tim, Amy, uh, and then two more came after me. But uh, you know, when I was very young, certainly just remember the older siblings of mine. So I was I was the little guy, and uh, just. You know, great memories of, of them. My brother Bob was 15 years older than me. Tammy was uh, about 14 years older than me or so. Just a great, great childhood. I used to sit there at the bay window and look out the window, wait for them to come home from school, and my dad, you know, to come home from work. And, and uh, so just a good, a good uh, early uh, childhood. And then um, I guess uh, I would have been about, four or five years old, then um, my dad had left our family, and uh, so it was, uh, it was a tough time for, <clears throat> I know for certainly uh, my mom, and then also, you know, my <clears throat> older brothers and sisters, and I was so little, I didn't really understand that so much, um, <clears throat> but um, Certainly, I remember him leaving and and uh, just just the turmoil that it causes when a when a family breaks up like that and um, so it's very tough and <clears throat> well uh you know that that's when our family kind of really changed and um, so you know the divorce uh you know certainly uh split us up a bit um Around the same time, um, my sister Tammy uh, was diagnosed with cancer, and um, she was at uh, uh, Johns Hopkins and was uh, really in, um, in, in bad shape. Um, I didn't see her a whole lot when I was at that age, but my mom was taking care of her, and um, 
I was sent. I was sent with uh, <clears throat> Tim and Amy to a place in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, called Christ Home. It was what I could describe as like a, almost like an orphanage. <laughs> uh, Tim was in one building on part of the campus. I was in one, I think, with Amy, and another part. And um, actually, the people there were really really nice, and um, we had Amish people come visit us all the time. They brought us pie. It was really good. Um, I ate a lot of pie there. Um, I learned how to ride a bike there. I learned how to swim there. So, uh, but it was, uh, it was an unusual uh, time to be away from uh, the rest of the family. <clears throat> and, um, so I don't remember how long I was there, just a couple months probably, and uh, <clears throat> Tammy did pass away, and uh, I remember the funeral, and uh, just, you know, the family uh, trying to deal with, with that loss, and and uh, so I, I struggled then, I was in school, uh, my early years, I was at a private uh, Christian school called Riverdale, and I didn't do real good in school. Um, I got in trouble a lot. Um, my mom was one of my substitute teachers. She was really hard on me, and um, she sent me to the office. <laughs> um, I, I skipped my first class in kindergarten. The first time I ever skipped school was in kindergarten. <laughs> Started really early. And I wasn't very good at it. I like, mom dropped me off and I was like, all right, I'll see you later, you know. And uh, I took my packed lunch and I went somewhere and hid. <laughs> and I got, <laughs> about a half an hour in, I got really hungry. I was like, starving, what time? I have no idea. What to... I ate my entire lunch by like nine o'clock. It didn't work out. I showed up to my class, you know, to her class. She was teaching in class. I showed up to... <laughs> I showed up to go home, and she's like, what are you doing here? I was like, school's over. It was about 10 o'clock. <laughs> so, um, anyways, uh, so, needless to say, I, I was probably a handful then, and... Uh, I, I didn't do real good in school. I got held back in first grade, so I was in first grade twice. I was really good at first grade by the second time around. <laughs> and um, I probably would have been diagnosed with, who knows, uh, ADD, but I don't know. I didn't pay attention to that. <laughs> and um, <laughs> they called it daydreaming back then. I was, you don't need medication, you just need a window. So. <laughs> so anyways, uh, we, I made it through those years, we, we ended up, um, we moved around a little bit, we ended up moving to South Carolina, 
Uh, so I went south, man. Went to South Carolina and got introduced to grits and all that stuff. And and uh, I went to another Christian school down there. We lived uh, in, a, in a trailer park. And uh, <clears throat> at that time, Tim had become separated from us. He he was living with my dad and. In Virginia, so that it was me, my mom, and Amy and Kathy. I went to a school called Hampton Park, which is the name of your neighborhood. Um, so, went to school there, and um, I enjoyed that. I had a good good teacher. She read us Pilgrim's Progress, like when I was a kid. I thought that was a great story. So, um, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll never forget that. And um, just. Uh, you know, we just scraped by there. Um, my brother Bob lived there too, actually. And um, we were there not that long. I think uh, my sister Sherry uh, was having a baby up, up in Maryland, and uh, we ended up moving back to Maryland and to the very home that I grew up in. I guess we had rented it out, right, Mom? Uh, we rented it out. So now I'm back in the home that I started at, like at the very beginning. Um, and now I'm in public school, uh, as in an elementary school in, in, in Mayo, Maryland, and first time in public school, so that was kind of new for me. Uh, I remember my first introduction to evolution. Uh, I remember my classes about Neanderthal man and Cro-Magnon man and all these things. We drew pictures and everything, and uh, that was all kind of new to me. Um, so... Uh, but I, I do remember that, and so man, that, that must have started very early on. That was that was in the early '80s. So, um, <clears throat> so we lived there um, in Annapolis again. Uh, just you know, my sisters and my mom, and uh, saw Tim occasionally uh, when my dad would come pick us up and take us back to Virginia, or uh, on holidays, or maybe summer break, or something like that. So I saw him when I got to Richmond, but he had his, he had friends and things, so I didn't see him all the time. Uh, but um, but I was really like I wanted to be like him, you know. I, my name is like like his brother. That's what Thomas means. I wanted to be like him, so I started trying to dress like him. I didn't get the mullet like he did, <laughs> but um, but I did do the like like the long johns under the shorts and things he did. I was like, I'll do that. I can do that. So, um, Surfing where, I didn't even surf, man. I didn't live anywhere near the water. And so um, whatever sports team he liked, I liked. Um, so I just I wanted, uh, wanted to be like him. So anyways, uh, we... Uh, my mom got <clears throat> remarried. We moved to the eastern shore of Maryland, which is um, it's farmland. It's it's just farmland with small towns, and and uh, our town was about 300 people. had a had a gas station, a John Deere store, a firehouse, and. Uh, and it was on a river, so you could go fishing. I did a lot of fishing. And um, played in cornfields and things like that. And uh, I went to a private school there called Wesleyan Christian School. 
I was a very small school. We probably had about 50 people that went to school there. I was in a class of five. And, uh, but I, I had some good times there. I had some good teachers. Um, <clears throat> it's probably where I learned the most Bible. I had recited a lot of Bible. I learned all the books of the Bible. I can still say them all. And I was in plays. I did, you know, I was... Um, I was in a lot of Christmas productions and things like that, and, and it's weird, I'm really shy, so, but I did it, you know, and uh, I was in the handbell choir, I had, I had some good memories there, and, um, you know, but I think I, I learned enough verses in that part of my life that stuck with me, like, um, they just never left me, and, um, and even though maybe I suppressed them at some point, but. Uh, <clears throat> so we're on the Eastern Shore for probably about three years or so. Um, watched a video of it last night, actually. And uh, we, were, we were there, and um, the family, again, went through transition where, you know, my, we got split up, you know, from my, my sister's father, um, while we were there, we moved back to the Western Shore, Annapolis, where I grew up in the first house I was in. This is my third time in that house again. So, I uh, knew that house really well. And uh, so I was back in the house again. This time I'm almost in high school, so now I'm like uh, middle school age, and I'm a punk. I was a punk. Uh, I played sports by then. I played a lot of soccer. I, I was pretty good at it. And... Um, I was a skater too. I was kind of a, a skate rat, and and uh, so I, but I really liked sports, and that was kind of my. They probably kept me on the straight and narrow a little bit. I didn't have a lot of, I didn't have a lot of male influences uh, in my life, uh, minus you know some of the people at the school I went to. And I should I should go back. There was a pastor in our town, in that small town of 300. His name was Al Taylor, and I was really good friends with his son. And I spent a lot of time with him, and it was, he was probably one of the nicest guys I'd ever met, and, and just genuine. Uh, I know he's, he was a great Christian man. Um, he taught me a lot of things, you know, when I would spend the night over there. And uh, so I, I think throughout my life I had certain people kind of, God just put them there just, for, just to kind of get me to the next, you know, point. Um, Get back to the uh, Western Shore, Annapolis. I, uh, middle, I'm in middle school. Now I'm back in public school again. So I, I was in private school and public school and private school and public school. So I, I kind of got a little bit of, I got a really well-rounded education, I guess. And um, so I, I saw every, both sides of it. And um, so I get to public school. I was, you know, coming from a school of 50 people. Now I'm in a school of... 1,500 people, you know, big, big difference, and, uh, you know, I wanted to play sports, I tried out for the soccer team, and um, that's all I did, by the way, when I was, when I was you know, on the Eastern Shore in, in, in my first year over in, back in Annapolis, I played a lot of soccer, and so I made the varsity team uh, at my high school, I was the first freshman to make that team and start, and I think the history at that point, I think maybe it's changed by now, but um, so I was, 
I was a big freshman, you know, at that point, uh, the only freshman on the team, and I was friends with all these seniors and the team captain, and, you know, I became pretty, in my mind, pretty popular at that point, and, you know, started getting invited to all the parties and social events and late night stuff, and so kind of got sucked into that, and and I, I kind of enjoyed it, you know, so... Um, I did that, you know, through most of my high school career, just kind of got, my grades were just good enough that I could play sports. You had to have a certain GPA, and you're like, and I, I just did well enough to do that and, and keep playing. And and like my coaches would call me in and talk to me and say, hey, you know, we're hearing some things about you, and you need to be careful. And, you know, I had good coaches, and they would talk to me. And But uh, I've, I did miserable, I guess, my my sophomore year. I had to go to summer school. I hated that. Nobody should go to school in the summer. I went to summer school, and I did really good in summer school. <laughs> so I wouldn't have to go to summer school, you know, again. And uh, I kind of brought my grades up. And, you know, had a moment there where kind of, you know, uh, had to this think about what I was going to do. Was I going to go to college or, you know, what was I going to do after high school? Start, you know, think about that. Um, started dating this, this girl in my school. She was actually the class president and started bringing my grades up. Started going to youth group with her at her church and um, her church was very, it was a very liberal church. The, the pastor was, was a, a female um, they drank a lot. Um, it was, but it seemed like a cool church to me. I, I you know, I'd, I was like, well, maybe this is the church I should be going to. Um, this youth group's pretty cool, man. They they like to do fun stuff, and they still do the same stuff everybody else does. You know, we would build houses one week at Habitat for Humanity. I was in Trenton. I was in Camden. I'd build houses up there with them, and and then they'd have a huge party back home. You know, and the parents would throw it, you know, it was just, it seemed like uh, a great combination for me, you know, but it, it really was, uh, now I know, uh, very, a lot of lost people there, but, uh, so anyways, I had some semblance of religion at that point, and I was like, I'm a pretty good person, I was friends with everybody, I was good to most people, i you know, I consider myself a pretty good person, and um, I just want to enjoy my life, you know. So I got uh, I got in trouble with the law about my end of my junior year, right, right around my, it was actually on my birthday. I was on my birthday. I called my mom. She had to come pick me up. Not a good day on your birthday. When, uh, hey, we got a cake waiting for you. We're going to have a big party. Where are you at? Well, I mean, I'm in jail, you know, so um, had to, uh, had to deal with that. And it's one of those moments where your mom, your mom said, her disappointment hurts more than anything she could do to you, like, you know, physically. And so, I 
cleaned up my act a lot right around that time. I started to um, give up a lot of things that I was doing. I said, no, I'm not going to do that anymore. Uh, I'm going to give that up. About that time, I, I, I had somebody approached me about Liberty University, and you know, maybe you should consider going to Liberty University. And I know Tim had gone there uh, in his uh, early part of his college um, education. And so um, I was like, well, I, I don't know anything about Liberty University, really. I just, maybe I'll look into it. And, you know, um, I'd like to play soccer wherever I go. So I, I, had, I had a guy from school put together a video of me, like he was in the audiovisual team at, at the school, and he put a, a video together of me, of some highlights and stuff, and he sent it to Liberty. And the coach sent me a letter and asked me if I would like to come and play soccer at Liberty. So I, uh, I even wrote a testimony, because when you go there, there's, there's certain requirements, and I, I wrote a testimony, and I, look, I was like, that looks pretty good. I mean, that should work. It's funny, I'm giving a testimony tonight. I wrote one back then when I wasn't saved, you know. Uh, but I thought I, I thought I was but um, I sent one there. I en- enrolled there. I showed up at Liberty University that summer and played, you know, met the soccer team and the coach, and we, you know, we had a couple weeks before the rest of the students got in there. I had two roommates, one from Colorado, I think Boulder, Colorado, and I had another roommate who was a missionary kid whose parents lived on the Amazon River in Brazil. He spoke three languages and played guitar and was a, he was just a genius. And uh, I felt like a dummy you know, compared to that guy. Uh, and he was, he was like, he was just a kid that just never did anything wrong. He was, we used to tease him a lot, you know. The guy from Colorado was like me, like the party. He wanted to be a country singer. I was like, what a weird combination of guys we got in this room here. And uh, we all played soccer and everything. Um, my friend from Brazil slept in a hammock. <laughs> we had bunk beds. You know, we're, it, was, it was a crazy group. But um, he was a good influence, and I, if I ever see him again, I, I hope I do, but um, the last I heard, he's, he's a missionary in, in a South American country deep in the jungle um, with new tribes. So, um, but he used to... Uh, he used to kind of keep, try to keep me on the straight and narrow. Me and the other roommate would go, well, we're going down to that, we're going to the movies tonight. He's like, what are you going to go see? We tell the movies, like, you guys should not be going to that movie. You, you guys, I'm telling you, I'm going to be praying for you. <laughs> I'm like, man, buzzkill for you. <laughs> so, um, just being at liberty, just because you go to a Christian school doesn't make you a Christian, Okay. That's because, you, you know, if you stand in a garage, it doesn't make you a car, all right? <laughs> so I, I struggled there. I really did. I mean, because I really did hear good teaching. And unlike Tim, I actually went to convocation uh, on Wednesdays. <laughs> I showed up to that, you know. And, uh, and I heard music I'd never heard before, and, and I heard preaching. And Jerry Falwell was there when I was there, and I heard him preach many times. And, and they brought in you know, great preachers. On my hallway, I was on a hallway with all soccer players in this dorm. 
and I had a I had a prayer leader who was on our team. He was a goalie, and he was two rooms down from me, and his name was William Graham the Third. And that didn't mean anything to me. So I'm in his room one day, and he's got this big picture of Billy Graham on his wall. I was like, "Well, you must really like Billy Graham." <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, it's my grandfather." <laughs> I was like, "Oh, that's cool." What's he do? <laughs> so, <laughs> um, apparently, he's a pretty well-known pastor, and uh, so I had some. God, put, like I said, God puts people around you, and that guy would lead prayer on our hallway. He's a pastor today. I've seen. I saw him on like Fox News the other day. So he's he's a he's a pastor, and he's really just on fire. Pretty pretty amazing. Not a surprise at all. He's, he was that way then. He still is. Very consistent. And um, so I had him. I had this other roommate who was a missionary kid. And, you know, I, they always, you know, would <clears throat> try to, you know, keep the rest of us, uh, you know, um, connected in the Word and in prayer. We did have times where we, in the hallway, where we had to come down in the hallway and all sit together and, and do that. And uh, I, like, like I said, I had moments. There, there was a few times at Liberty where I, I felt really convicted, um, and I would go back and forth. I would, I'd go forward in an altar call in the Vine Center, and then the very next weekend be back to doing what I was doing all over again. And I went back. I was like a yo-yo. I went some back and forth doing that over and over again, and um, I just couldn't commit. Couldn't commit. Uh, I liked my life in the world just a little bit too much. So I had one foot in, one foot out, one foot in, one foot out. And that's just not a stable place to be, you know. So <clears throat> I, uh, I broke my ankle the spring uh, while I was at Liberty. I had made the soccer team, but I uh, broke my ankle playing basketball and... Um, I missed out on the spring uh, session that they do. And so I basically kind of put myself in a bad situation for making the team again. And I got really bitter about that. I didn't like the coach. I didn't want to be there anymore. Um, I decided to leave. I went to uh, Richmond that summer, spent the summer here. I liked art. I loved art. It was my favorite class in school when I was in high school. I loved to do, draw and paint and make things. And and so my dad said, <clears throat> "Why don't you consider VCU? It's right here in town." And I said, "Yeah, that that would that would be great. I'll I'll apply to VCU. I'll put together a portfolio. I even tried to play soccer there. I made it all the way to the the last cut and I got cut, but um." I put a portfolio together, did some artwork, had somebody look at it, made some changes, submitted it, got accepted to VCU, School of Art, and began a whole new chapter in my life. I mean, now I went from, remember, I was in Christian school, public school, Christian school, public school, again, Christian school, now I'm in a university, public school, in the art department, in the art program, which is probably, or if you want to find the most liberal people in all of university, 
go there. They're there. And I just got immersed in that life. I mean, the professors, the lifestyles people had, everything was, you know, everything went, everything goes, everything goes, except for (laughs) Christianity, really. Um, I did well there. I was, I was good at that. Um, got mostly A's and B's, you know, was a good, was a good student. I still managed to, you know, to burn the candle at both ends all the time and still managed to, to do pretty well there. And, um, I met my wife, Liz, there at VCU. She actually wasn't a student there. She was just at a party. And uh, it was a Halloween party. And she was a cowgirl. She looked really cute. And I was a cow. (laughs) Cowboy. It's a boy cow. So I told her anyway. I said, cowgirl, I'm a boy cow. Maybe... It was bound to work, <laughs> and it and it did. So, I, uh, in fact, I, I took her to the prom. Uh, she was still in high school. I, I took her to the prom in a cow limo. I told you about that, right? A cow limo was painted like a cow. It was called Lemu. It had had, had steer horns on the front, <laughs> and when you honked, it went moo. So romantic. And, um, but, uh, I, I don't know what happened to that limo, by the way. Your limo guy, you know. So, um, so anyways, uh, we, we began dating, and, and, uh, and really I just dated her exclusively, you know, after that. And, and, uh, we had, we had our ups and downs, and, and it's like, you know, we're both very young. And uh, she, she was just like me, you know, kind of, kind of living in the world and, and living it up and, and everything. And she was going to nursing school right at, right in high school. She was in nursing school already, and um, she actually graduated before me, which is amazing. But uh, if, but knowing how she is now, I'm not surprised. She's a much better student than I was, and um, so. Liz and I, uh, you know, we spent a lot of time together. You know, we got a place and everything, living down downtown. And, you know, I just kind of uh, was finishing up school. Um, but my, you know, my lifestyle just seemed to get worse. I started working, you know, at a restaurant. You know, I knew the bartender. I knew every bartender. I knew every. I knew everybody. And I, and I, I ended up just kind of, you know, having a lot of addictions that that kind of put some stress on on school for me. I, I still managed to graduate. You know, put some stress on on our relationship, and uh, you know that kind of went on for for quite a while. I she's I uh, I did propose to Liz um, out in South Dakota where she's from. Went out there and uh, and proposed to her out there near Mount Rushmore, and uh, so we. 
We ended up uh, getting married that next year. And, uh, you know, things were, things were good. There were, things were good, um, you know, at that time. And it was kind of an exciting time for, for us. Um, but then, right around that time, right, right around that time, I should say, even maybe right before we got married even, uh, there was uh, 9-11. And 9-11 had a big impact on me. Um, I didn't watch the news hardly ever. I, I didn't even know what was going on in the world. If there was a demonstration, I'd go get involved in it. And I didn't even know what I was demonstrating. Like, I did that, that stuff sometimes and just went along. But 9-11 came and... Um, just, you know, even talking about tonight about the evils of the world, just the death, the violence, and the destruction, and the things like that, just really dug away at me. I spent a lot of time watching the news, and the news cycle back then was like 24-hour, non-stop, showing video over and over again, stuff like that, and didn't sleep well. I had, had a lot of bad dreams. Um, again, I just got further into some addictions and things like that. I struggled with that, you know, all the same questions people have about why do things happen in the world, why, why, why do bad things happen to good people, or, you know, things like that, and I used to have this dream where, um, you know, I, th- I thought I was a good person, but I would have this dream where I would see myself in the mirror, and the person in the mirror looking back at me would transform into somebody that wasn't me, and it bothered me. And um, so um, about this time, uh, my, bro- my brother Tim, he's back in the picture again. My brother uh, invites me to a football game, like a college a football game. I'd never been to a college football game. And this was the uh, Miami Hurricanes and the Tennessee Volunteers. And it was in Knoxville, Tennessee, I think around 2002 or so. The, Miami, the Hurricanes hadn't lost in like 30-some games. There was, they were a star-studded team, and I was really excited about that because, again, I followed sports, and, and uh, you know, I wanted to be like him. <laughs> so he invited me, and uh, he's like, we're going on this trip, and we'll stay in Charlotte. At the time he lived in Charlotte, we'll go to uh, this football game, and um, we'll, you know, have a good time and, and enjoy it. He didn't say anything to me about witnessing to me or talking to me about, you know, anything about the Bible. Um, it was just, it was a, it was a football trip. It was a football trip. I was being recruited for the Hurricanes, as far as I knew, but... Uh, <laughs> And uh, so we get down to Charlotte. I think he picked me up. We get down there, and uh, we spend the night. Then the next day we drive. We meet some friends of his. They're riding with us to the game. I don't know who they are. They're all Christians. They were talking like I don't even know what language they were talking. Because <laughs> by this time I had fallen so far away. Um, <clears throat> they were listening to music. I have no idea. 
It was the same station that Erica's friend was probably listening to. Um, had to be. So, Erica, I, I, I didn't know either. And, uh, yes, yeah, God was in every verse and Jesus. And I was just, I was like, okay, how far is it to Knoxville? <laughs> uh, so we get to Knoxville, we throw the football around. I heard, you know, that song that they play in Tennessee. What is that? Rocky Top? Uh, about a thousand times. And, uh, you know, we went to this football game, 105. 115,000 people, I don't know, it was, it was amazing, all these people, and ESPN, and everything, it was, it was a great time. I had a great time, but, you know, just, I felt like I wasn't really part of that group in some ways. He, you know, the, just the friendship, it just seemed so genuine, and um, something, you know, that seemed missing. And um, so, <clears throat> after the game, we would go back to Charlotte. He uh, he drops friends off. I, I stay, stay the night there. And um, the next day, we were going back to Virginia. He's taking me back home. And on the way back home, I'm riding a riding shotgun in the seat beside him, and he's. And he starts to have a conversation with me about where am I? And I was like, oh, man, Richmond's like three hours from here. <laughs> and he asked me questions I could not answer. I mean, I, well, actually, I knew the answer, but I didn't want to answer. You know, I mean, it's like pinpoint accuracy things that I knew were wrong. But I denied it. I was like, nah, that's... I threw all the questions everybody throws out there, like, well, if God is, you know, so good, how come there's sin in the world? And how come he let Satan, you know, do what he does? And how come he doesn't stop anything? And how come, you know... And I threw all those things out there, and Tim just never batted an eye. Um... Just consistent and not fire and brimstone, just hey man, I love you. That's what I'm telling you. So got back to Richmond, I was like Man, I gotta catch up with all my friends. I got a lot of catching up to do. And I tried to put that away from me, that conversation. But it kept popping up. And the Lord said, oh, I'm turning it up now. And, and so I got this other job. And I'm, now everywhere I went, there's Christians. There was Christians everywhere after that. I mean, like the grocery store, the cashier. I mean, I worked at a job where people came in and they're like, well, can I pray for you? I'm like, uh, I guess, you know. Um, <laughs> So, the lady give me a picture of Jesus washing the feet of the disciples. Well, I worked at the frame shop then. She's like, I want you to have this. I was like, why? <laughs> it's hanging on my wall in my house.
I had a, <clears throat> excuse me, I had another dream, and uh, this one was different. I'm walking through a city, and there's people everywhere. Thousands, as far as I can see. We're all walking, you know. And um, I don't know where we're going. He shows up in my dream. Hey, brother. I'm going this way. You should come with me. Smaller road. <laughs> Narrow. A little bit more crooked. I didn't know what that meant. But <clears throat> moving forward a little bit, um, Liz had a friend, and I'll cut this short. I know we're running out of time. Liz had a friend that was looking to get married, and uh, I hadn't gone to church in 10 years, over 10 years. And uh, her friend was looking for a church that looked cool. And I was like, oh, I saw one that looks pretty cool. Um, nice architecture. It was like Frank Lloyd Wright might have built it or something. I was like, that's a cool church. You should get married in that church, you know. So we went there. And I sat in the service, and it, just like Erica said, it's like the pastor was talking right to me. And the person, the cashier, Everything that I heard, it was like all put together in that one. I was like, wait a second, that was too weird. And uh, so, boy, I just, I was like, I got to come back. I got to come back. And so we started coming, like, we started going, like, every Sunday. And I still did weird things. I still would go home and go to a concert after that. And, and But I slowly started to not have a taste for that anymore. I was like, I'm tired of that, you know. And what I wasn't tired of was hearing the word. I became very hungry for that. I was drawn to it. The worship music. I was like, wow. That is some good stuff. I don't remember that in Knoxville when I was dri- riding in the car. You know, being, I thought it was weird then. But now all of a sudden, I'm like really, really ref- refreshed and, and excited. And, and it, was, it was really just a neat time. Um, for me, and um, so again, I'm trying to live two lives. I've done this. I did. I've done this my whole life, you know, as an adult and a young uh, teenager. I said to the Lord, I said, Lord, um, look, if you want me to give all this stuff up and just go after you, show me what I need to do. Help me to stop doing some of these things. Because I can't stop. You know. And uh, so I prayed. And <laughs> I go out this night to a party. And I, I did something. Uh, I had a bad reaction. Really, really bad. And... You know, I wasn't sure what was going to happen. And 
I was terrified, and you know, and I just uh, I, I prayed again, and I said, "Lord, just I I just don't want to live like this," you know. And uh, <clears throat> I quickly felt better. I. You know, I was on the ground. I was out. I was pretty much out, and uh, I got better. I came, kind of came to, kind of got my wits about me. Walked around a little bit, and um, and I said to the Lord, "I said, you got my, you got my attention. You did get my attention, and I and I prayed about that. So I careful what you pray for. <laughs> um, so." Uh, that was the beginning of, of the real change for me. Um, I started going home, and I used to tell Tim and Sarah that I started throwing stuff away. I, st- I threw CDs away. I threw movies away. I took posters down. I threw T-shirts away. I started, like, cleansing the house, you know, and, and Liz was doing the same thing. She was following a very similar path. I was way over board what you know uh, she wasn't doing some things I, I was doing but she was kind of right there with me hey pff, you're throwing that away here throw these in there <laughs> you know um we were kind of on board at the same time i'm very blessed that way um that she was not pulling the other way she was um, going with you you know and she in some cases pulled me <laughs> so I think the, I still didn't know if I was saved. I still was like, you know, I don't, I don't have that, I didn't have that day, you know. And I still don't know what day it was. Like some people have that day, they're written in their Bible. I have no idea what day it was. I'm like, to heaven, I'll ask, what day was that? <laughs> I remember the day. But, um, but I remember the time I was driving home from work and I just, had one of those moments where I was like, I got a glimpse of how sinful I really, really was. And how holy God is. And when the two came together, wow. I felt like I needed to just let it all out. And tell the Lord, I'm sorry. And um, I just pulled over and did that. And it was the best decision I ever made. I've had um, some beautiful kids. Um, well, I still have beautiful kids. And... Um, and uh, I get to be a father. And I get to bring them up. And I plan on being here. And um, I'm going to raise them up in the church. Oh, I'm just so happy.
And uh, I can say that uh, I said I want to be like my brother. As close as I've been. <laughs> so, my, my uh, life verse is uh, <clears throat> actually a verse that, that Tim wrote <clears throat> in my Bible. He gave me a, a, like a Patriots Bible, and, and he wrote in there uh, Jeremiah 29 11. Uh, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. That's my life verse. And the Lord's plans are perfect. My plans were terrible. His plans are perfect. I'm on the right plan. I'm on the right path. I'm on the right road. It's a long way to go still. I'm not perfect. But uh, but I'm in a much different place, and the Lord has just done. Uh, just listen to you, Erica. What the Lord does in your life, and you know, can it's so powerful. He can transform the hardest of hearts. He can heal the most broken of lives. Everybody has a testimony. I love to hear them, and I love to share mine, and I thank you for allowing me that. I didn't know all your testimony, so I actually learned a few things, too. Um, I got saved, just so you know, seven years before Montel, because I got saved in 95. Um, but how many years old am I than you? I'm five. five years older than him. So I got saved in 95, and so by the time I took him to the football game, and that was the fall of, yeah, fall of 2002, um, I had been saved right about seven years at that point. So, uh, But I knew his life well. I had everything he had done. I had, I had lived the same thing. So, uh, but God uses people to bring people, right? And you know, People in Erica's life. And, and so uh, we only have one other testimony left. Uh, Russ, Russ is going to share his next. Uh, just, be, just be Russ next, Sunday, uh, next Wednesday night. Uh, you're going to want to hear Russ's. He grew up in an atheist home. Uh, so Dr. Russ will be sharing. He'll be blessed. Uh, but uh, I was, I've been blessed by all six of them. Uh, Montel's, you know, I'm glad I played some role in it at all, but it's really the Lord, any role that we play uh, is just God kind of putting us in the right place at the right time. But uh, all six of them have been great. And what we might do going forward is maybe once every quarter, you know, do a testimony night. So just kind of keep fresh that uh, uh, our faith is something that um, we need to look back every now and then and be thankful for how God cleaned us, called us, uh, brought us out of the world, and 
and it reminds us that the people we're seeing at work and next door neighbor or people, they need to be saved too. Amen? Let's stand and close in prayer. And, and there are some desserts that match Montel's citrusy shirt. He's a lot funnier than me too, by the way. So uh, I readily admit that. Um, I'm more funny out of the pulpit than I am uh, in the pulpit. He's actually funny at all places, in pulpit, out of pulpit, any, anytime, any place. Uh, but let's close in prayer. Father, we thank you for uh, these testimonies.